Welcome to the first ever Divorced Millionaire Moms podcast, your guide to all things financial during and after divorce. My name is Deb Melvin and I am your host. I'm a certified divorce financial analyst who has been working in the financial industry for over 20 years. My true passion is financial education for women. I'm here to offer tips, to share my experiences, to help you avoid common pitfalls, and to send you off with some actionable items. If you want more, please visit my website at divorcedmillionairemoms.com for details on how we can work together. Let's get started. You might be wondering, so where do I start? So if you're just starting the divorce process, you're probably feeling pretty emotional right now. You might be feeling confused about your options, a little scared of the future. You might even be hearing those dreadful words, you didn't earn any of this money. Even if you are the one who filed, you might be feeling a little powerless in making decisions right now. You might even be unsure about what you want. On top of the fear and sadness, you're probably feeling frustrated with the uncertainty. You might be feeling a little bit of sadness about potential losses, both financial and otherwise. And you also have to work through the deep disappointment that you feel right now. You'll probably go through the five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. You'll have conflicting thoughts from relief to extreme sadness. And your family and friends, well, they mean well. They'll probably tell you that everything happens for a reason. He's a jerk. You'll find someone better. Not too helpful, is it? You might need to talk a lot or not at all. You might be missing your old life. And having to communicate with your husband will make you relive the pain. You might even miss your husband, as funny as that sounds. You might miss his family. You'll have those daily reminders of what you've lost. And losing someone you love or have loved is never easy. You have to give yourself permission to grieve. And co-parenting? Who wants to deal with that? You're the mom. You know their routines. They need you. I want you to know that while no one can know exactly what you're going through, I feel for you. I know you're hurting, and I know that the last thing you want to do right now is talk about your finances. But that's what I'm here for, to help you along the way and make the financial part of your journey as painless as possible. Today, I'm going to share with you six steps to move from fearful insecurity to confident control. Step number one, make sure that you have a bank account in your own name. So this is the Divorced Millionaire Moms podcast, but that doesn't mean that you won't have some lean months along the way while things like temporary maintenance get worked out. Hopefully things are somewhat amicable and there's plenty of money for you to spend while the divorce is in process. But I have seen even the most well-intentioned divorces turn bad pretty quickly. You need assets that you can access quickly and on your own terms. So long before you plan to pull the trigger and file for divorce, please set up a bank account in your own name. You're going to want a good attorney and you're going to want to be able to pay for her. You might love your house and want to fight for it in the divorce. But if things get too contentious, you might feel the need to move out. If you feel the need to move out, you're going to need money. And hopefully your husband will continue to be a good dad. But if he is mad enough, he might not always act like it. He might not want to pay for summer camp for Luke because he knows that you went to summer camp and he knows how important it is to you that your kids also go to camp. 
Camp costs money, and you might not be able to count on your husband to support it anymore. Let me tell you about Christine. Her husband was a very successful business owner with quite an ego and a temper. He took it upon himself to empty out their joint bank accounts, giving her access to no money. Now, did he have to return that money? Yes, but that took a little bit of time and legal intervention. So had Christine not set up her own bank account early on, what would she have done? She was under enough stress at the time. She didn't need to add financial stress to her life at the same time. Step number two, make sure that you have a credit card in your own name. So similar to step number one, I want you to have access to credit that is not dependent on your husband or anybody else. And a lot of the reasons for having your own bank account also apply here. But in addition to all of that, you need to have a strong credit score. Let me tell you about Allie. Her kids are 10 and 12. She has been home with them since her second was born. Allie's now ex-husband, Matt, is an executive. He made the money, paid the bills, and ultimately controlled all of the money. And not in a bad way. Allie spent what she wanted, but he took care of her financially. That allowed her to focus on the kids and her family. But since Allie wasn't involved in the finances, after she filed for divorce, she realized that nothing was actually in her name. Not the credit cards, not the bank accounts, not the electric bill, not the vacation home in Florida, not their primary home or even the mortgage. It's as if Allie hasn't existed financially for years. So when Allie goes to buy a new home for her and the kids without Matt, what does she do? Will she be stuck with a higher interest rate on her mortgage? Will she be forced to pay cash for her home, even if that doesn't make the most sense when it comes to building her net worth alone? Start building up your financial life before you have to. Step number three, run a credit report. So if you're not like Allie and things are in your name, it's important to know what exactly is in your name. Let me tell you about Melinda. She and her now ex-husband Mark were married for about 20 years. She thought that their $1.5 million house was paid for. Mark made a lot of money. She can recall paying extra money toward the mortgage at one point. But then life happened. She had two kids in high school and was busy with soccer and dance and tennis, and you get the picture. She stopped paying attention. So before she filed for divorce, she had factored in $750,000, her half of the house, as what she would be able to spend on a new house of her own. Well, it turns out that Mark had refinanced the house a few years ago and invested in a business that didn't work out. So they now had a million-dollar mortgage. In an instant, Melinda and Mark's net worth, or what she thought it was, dropped by a million dollars. When she confronted Mark, he said that he did it for their family and to grow their net worth. He didn't feel the need to bother Melinda with it because she was busy with the kids and he had been handling the money for years. And that might be true, but she deserved to be part of the decision that he made by himself. Had Melinda run a credit report before filing for divorce, she would have still been shocked, but more prepared. You're also going to need to know what your credit score is. Uh, step number four, get advice. Unfortunately, I met Jill after she was already divorced. She had divorced her ex-husband after nine years of marriage, meaning she was not entitled to half of his social security in retirement. Had she waited about six more months, her retirement would look a lot more fun. She and John married early, and she really only worked for about six months before getting pregnant with her first daughter. 
she received $2 million in the divorce settlement. But she's only 30 years old. Her maintenance and child support mean that she won't have to work for now, but she is going to have a problem when the kids turn 18 and her payments stop. She can't make $2 million work for the next 40 years. So to her, that extra $20,000 per year in retirement from Social Security would have meant some travel and entertainment. And now, that is not looking very likely. But they were millionaires, right? She didn't think something like Social Security even mattered. She was wrong. So while it can oftentimes feel like you're bleeding money during a divorce, you already probably have legal costs and therapy costs, it can still be really helpful to involve other professionals to make sure that you don't make irreversible mistakes. Hire a certified divorce financial analyst. Talk with a mortgage broker who specializes in divorce. Meet with a real estate agent and an insurance agent. After your divorce is final, redo your estate planning. There are experts available in these areas and hiring the right ones can really make a difference in your life and prevent you from making some really big mistakes. Unfortunately, you are not done the day you get divorced. It might cost more up front, but it will save you a lot in the long run. Step number five, organize your records. Make sure that you know where everything is. Gather up all of the documents that you can find. And this can be a little bit harder now with everything online. We're not always receiving statements in the mail anymore. So the list of items I want you to look for is made up of bank account statements, credit card statements, investment accounts, retirement plans, college accounts, which can be a source of controversy during divorce, insurance policies, and property deeds. Step number six, track your assets. I have a worksheet I can give you to help with this. You need to know where you stand and what your net worth is. This is the foundation for financial planning. If you are a stay-at-home mom with a part-time job or a business at 35 years old and you receive $2 million in your divorce settlement, things look very different than if you are a 55-year-old full-time career mom receiving $2 million. We need to know where you stand today so that we can plan for tomorrow. And finally, to end the podcast, I'll share with you one of my favorite quotes. Behind every successful woman is a tribe of other successful women who have her back. Thanks and see you next time. What you have heard today are case studies that are hypothetical and do not involve an actual IAG Wealth Partners client. No portion of the content should be construed by a client or prospective client as a guarantee that she will experience the same or certain level of results or satisfaction if IAG Wealth Partners is engaged to provide investment advisory services. The information provided is for illustrative purposes only and is not a recommendation nor specific investment tax or legal advice. The examples are hypothetical and not representative of any particular situation or security. Your results will vary. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Investing involves risk, including loss of principal. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC, investment advice offered through IAG Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial.